Hello and welcome to the podcast series about building a future-ready workforce, where we discuss ways to help our workforce deal with an uncertain future during these unprecedented times. My name is Rebecca Schupp and I lead digital marketing at Infosys USA. Our guest today is Vinod NG, Associate Vice President for Facilities in Infosys Americas. Vinod, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Becky. Vinod, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your professional journey? I joined Infosys in 2007 and I joined Infosys directly into the facilities team and that is where I wanted to join and that is where my uh, passion lied. Prior to working with Infosys, I was working as an associate professor in uh, Christ University in Bangalore. I moved from an academic uh, background to a more uh, operational uh, background uh, with an organization. And it has been a very rewarding and fruitful experience uh, to work with the facilities uh, uh, department and to work with the facilities team. As you know, facilities are uh, one of the key stakeholders in every initiative whether it is an event or you know or, or, or a situation or daily operations so facilities plays an important role in enabling um, business and enforces along with other support functions so it has been a great journey it has been a wonderful learning experience uh, with my team with my boss and every day was something new we learned a lot and we have evolved thanks so much we know so let's dive right into the questions the first question is, what are things leaders can do to create a remote work culture in this new normal? With the new normal coming into effect, and it came in uh, quite quickly, it's very important for leaders to allow two cultures to coexist now. It's going to be a hybrid work culture. So it's very important for leaders to allow cultures to coexist. And uh, while leaders do this, it's important to communicate and set the engagement, set the expectation with the employees very clearly as to what exactly is required in this new uh, culture of work from home and provide, ensure that the leaders provide enough technology and physical support uh, for the employees to work from home and also to check regularly on the well-being and available for any further support for employees. So to summarize uh, my answer, Becky, uh, it is important for leaders to come to terms and to allow cultures to coexist now. A, B, is to communicate and engage the employees and uh, be in touch with them to constantly keep checking if uh, things are going fine and if they are comfortable working from home and what else they need. So it's important to keep the engagement ongoing. And building on that, now that um, leaders have created this remote culture, how did organizations have to adapt for this sudden change? Yes, Becky, with the culture being set, so once the culture is accepted and understood, uh, it is the implementation becomes that much easier because everybody have come to terms with the new culture. So with this sudden change, it was important that uh, organizations understand what needs to be done to make work from home uh, successful for the employees, for the organization, and for everybody. So it has got to be a win-win for everybody. So it was very important to enable work from home, provide employees with the right aids to work from home, which means technology, bandwidth-related um, help, then physical assets that had to be moved to employees so that they are comfortable to work from home. 
A lot of this was done and it was done very fast to ensure that the employees can immediately uh, get to action working from the comfort of their home and they did not travel to the office and most importantly they were safe at home. So uh, safety was one of the critical aspects and organizations moved quickly to move all these aids across to the employees homes to make employees work. Now how did this happen? This happened because of a cross-functional team. So there has to be a cross-functional team working together, a support team, to, if I would like, if I would call that, the support team working together in understanding what is needed to be done and how it has to be done. And there is one team actually doing that and ensuring that the employees got what they wanted. But during this process, right, there's probably a lot of anxiety and emotions that come up within the employees. And a lot of these um, concerns will probably reach you as the person who's in charge of facilities in America. So um, how do you deal with that? How do you facilitate highly complex or emotionally charged conversations, especially when people aren't face to face? Yes, Becky. Now coming to uh, the complexity of um discussions and the way these things work yes we do receive um, i do keep getting uh, inputs um, quite often however it is important that um, like 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 a proper planning approach any meeting which is planned well really becomes successful so uh, it is important for managers to understand the pulse of a meeting so what exactly has to be discussed and you know how it has to be discussed so the manager plays a moderating role uh, so the whole concept of uh, moderating meetings become very important because you're no longer sitting in a conference room face to face. Uh, there is one anchor of the meeting who's anchoring the meeting. Everybody are working from home. Everybody's time becomes important. At the same time, the objectives of the meeting becomes important. And then there are feelings and emotions that come out. It is a combination of handling all these factors. So the manager in charge or the key anchor of the meeting plays an important role in ensuring that these objectives are met. First, by understanding the pulse of the meeting, the pulse of the people, the time, the place, the date, what are we dealing with, quickly be able to neutralize any emotions that get charged. It's very important to state the objectives and sticking to the objectives. That really helps everybody understand, communicate the objectives ahead in time. Also, it's important that, you know, when a meeting gets emotional, it's very important that to listen out to what the concerns are, to understand before reacting, uh, provide a reasonable amount of time for participants to air their opinions, their views on what they feel is going on. And then it is important for the manager to respond very objectively. So to summarize this, Becky, uh, my view is that meetings need to be moderated, planned well in advance, understand the pulse, quickly neutralize and listen to what the participants have to say. Give them a reasonable amount of time to talk. And we know um, in your role as um, facilities leader in America, um, what are some concerns that are reaching you on a daily basis from employees? Yes, Becky, we do get uh, inputs and feedback as we are in regular touch with, uh, as you know, teams are in regular touch with employees through various um, uh, interactions, forums and meetings. Uh, some of the key uh, inputs that come is, of course, you know, when is the office going to get open? When are we going back? How long is the situation going to last? 
uh, you know, what can be done to make things better. So it is uh, employees, you know, it's very common for employees to reach out to organizations to ask their questions. So one is about what is going on and two is about, you know, some of them may need uh, may need additional aids at home. They may need something else. They may need to come into the office to do something. And, you know, that is, that is the next type of uh, feedback that comes. And uh, apart from that, Becky, uh, most of the employees uh, are only concerned about how things are going to play out. So one of the key questions we receive in all meetings is that, you know, what happens when offices open up? How should they be prepared? You know, how, how should they come to terms with the new COVID era of working? How is that going to be? So those are the key questions um, that come to us. And f uh, just following up on that um, <laughs> one more time, um, and so how do you respond to this? Is, would, you, would you agree that uh, internal communication is key, um, you know, an internal and constant communication to the employees is key so that they know uh, what is going on, um, what are the next steps of the organization and so on and so forth? You're absolutely right, Becky. Communication has always been um, is an important factor and it becomes more important in these COVID scenarios. But yes, uh, you're also right that communicating and communicating regularly is important because um, you know if you don't communicate, then there is uh, assumptions that are being built. Uh, to avoid that assumptions, it's important to constantly keep communicating with employees, keeping them informed, having forums, having discussions, bringing the employees into the discussion table, um, have, have conference calls with different teams, listen to what teams are want to say. Uh, you know, when you have more than one interaction uh, across geographies, you will understand that the needs and uh, and the uh, assumptions and the questions are more or less the same everywhere. Everybody have standard questions of, you know, how are things going to look one month from now? When are we coming back to the office? What happens when we go to the office? There are two two types, right? One is you work for an office in your organization and then you actually in another situation you work for a client location in a client organization so both have their independent sets of uh, questions and uh, we have uh, we 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 listen to all of this uh, on a regular basis we constantly answering we have interactive sessions we have uh, training sessions and we are able to now communicate and the employees are you know, they understand what is going on and uh, we are kind of uh, employees and us, we are kind of working together, taking each each day as it comes to see how things turn out in the future. But I think the interaction has been fairly effective with employees and we've had a fair amount of interaction. Okay. And we know now that you've been through this transformation um, to a work from home culture, um, what do you think the future of work is going to look like? Is a more remote or the remote work culture temporary or is it here to stay? Yes, Becky. So you asked another relevant question. The future is going to be a combination of both. Uh, we are going to see, I think it is safe to assume that we are going to see a combination or a hybrid work environment where people work from home and from the office and will probably move between these two um, because they will weigh out the benefits, what works, what does not work, and you know they'll they will kind of work the pros and cons of each and be able to take the uh, right decision. So, in my view, Becky, this is going to be a combination of uh, both, and uh, it would be a hybrid work environment. Yeah, I agree. 
um, especially now that employees are also used to, you know, working out, out of the comfort of their own homes and, uh, you know, not having to commute, for example. So I, I think a combination would probably be the best approach. Um, and we know last but not least, um, creating a flexible infrastructure might raise security concerns. Um, how should organizations plan to tackle these um, security concerns and what are some of the security concerns that, that come up? Well, Becky, um, security was um, always a uh, key aspect, even uh, pre-COVID. Um, security, you know, um, remote working already existed in, in, in some form earlier and uh, this was an ongoing model already. It would be wrong to assume that security would be lax in, uh, or you know, security would have dropped in remote working conditions. Uh, many confidential uh, discussions are still managed, were being managed on the net remotely, and this has been happening, I think, for many years. The remote working culture did exist. Uh, you know, organizations like banks have built strong, strong security systems to enable personal banking. So we have one of uh, we have experienced all of that. So there has been uh, there is uh, there is a fair amount of security controls when it comes to handling uh, sensitive uh, meetings, and sensitive discussions, and uh, you know cybersecurity has now become a key consideration in setting up um, remote working environments. Equally important is education employees in the need to maintain confidentiality and making them aware of security threats so that adequate precautions can be taken both by organizations and individuals. So to answer your question, uh, Becky, one is that this already existed. There are controls in place and it's important to, with this extended uh, work from home environment, it is important to educate the employees on maintaining confidentiality and uh, uh, its related uh, uh, issues so that adequate precautions can be taken by both organizations and individuals. So it is a combination of uh, efforts from both. Vinod, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your super valuable thoughts and insight on this important topic of uh, a flexible infrastructure and an agile workforce during these um, times of remote working, working from home, um, where no one can actually come to an office. And um, yeah, so thank you again for, for joining us today and for taking the time. Becky, thank you for uh, taking the effort to have this uh, meeting. I really appreciate this. Uh, thanks a lot for giving uh, me an opportunity to, to share my views. Absolutely. And you are listening to the podcast series about building a future-ready workforce, where we discuss ways to help our workforce deal with an uncertain future during these unprecedented times. Make sure to tune in next time for a new episode about this topic. Have a wonderful day. <laughs>